and welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Josh in the real world. Yeah, it's true. We are sitting in a motel room. We were both at the same anime convention today, so we decided that we we're going to record a little bonus episode. And after having seen what we're going to talk about, I actually have enough a lot to talk about. Yeah, Josh didn't think we were going to have anything to talk about because this is just a clip soap. Joke's on you. Uh, I, I, I have tried to watch clip episodes before, and they are uniquely terrible in every way. And suddenly, this one comes along, and it is... It, I feel bad calling it a clip episode because it's so actually an episode. It's only half of a clip show and half of a There's something a else. There's a lot of, like, original, like, new footage in there for a clip show. Yeah, I uh, I like a lot of the visuals that got added in, and it's really interesting, and it gives us quite a bit to talk about. Yeah, I think we can start with the, the main thing is that we, um, we did this because we were asked about this by one of the listeners. Somebody on Twitter asked us to do this, and we said, well, okay, since you asked us. And specifically, they mentioned having two there two people talking about each of the duels but they didn't mention who something interesting about this clip show is that while it could be described as there are two people talking about all the duels that have already taken place what they don't mention is that those two people are Akio and Dios and this actually marks the first occurrence of Akio in the show's timeline because he is formally introduced in episode 14 but this is episode 13 and they don't even give him an introduction he's just there like there's a lot of stuff in this episode that now that I've watched quite a bit ahead, like, I feel like the aesthetics of this episode would have worked better at, like, around episode 19 or 20 because I feel like if I had seen this episode on the way and not skipped it, which I feel bad about now, it would have blown my mind because there's so much going on here that I have zero idea what is going on. The format of this episode breaks up each of the duels and gives them a name, specifically each of the duels between Utena and one of the members of the student council. And they are named Amitié, Choix, Raison, Amour, Adoration, Conviction, and Soit. And that is friendship, choice, reason, love, adoration, conviction, and self. This takes place after the self-duel, which took place in the 12th episode. If you remember, I um, it really blew my mind. First of all, because there's seven, which sent me down some different little pathways. But it blew my mind that they called the last one self because I just had that, like, probably 15-minute rant in, the, in that episode, the episode before this one, about self and this sort of anime's obsession with existentialism and it this sort of like what is the self and like I, it totally vindicated me in every single way so i'm okay with that um the other thing was there are seven of these that could be totally just you know a coincidence but this is the guy who did yurikuma and nothing is coincidence and he also this is the same person who remarked and i believe him i completely believe him when he says that the stopwatch contains all the mysteries of the world. I don't think he was screwing with people. I, I believe him. The stopwatch is Josh's favorite character. I hate that stopwatch so much. It makes me irrationally angry. But um, there are seven of these. And I there are also, in case you don't know, seven... You, okay, you probably know about the seven daily sins. Because they're just a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Or if you watch Full Metal Alchemist. Or if you watch Full Metal Alchemist. What you may not know is that there are also seven 
virtues. I did not know this before Josh decided to scribble furiously in my notebook after the episode was over. There are actually two... Uh, I've seen two different formulations of this. Um, one which took the original four Greek virtues and added on three theological vir- virtues, and one that was sort of a full list. And I took the full list, and I'll read these off in a second, and tried to kind of mash them and see if I could, and I sort of can't. Which makes me wonder, like, it's just close enough to make me think this might be intentional and not close enough for me to say absolutely. The seven are, and these are the English names, humility, diligence, kindness, chastity, patience, charity, and temperance. These words don't necessarily mean what they you think they mean. For instance, charity is a word, is comes from the Latin for caritas, which means, which means love, and means love in a much more more serious sense that you're, than we usually use it. I've tried matching them up a little bit, how... Amity, I put with humility. Humility or humilitas is often seen as not so much of a knowing your place, but as in the in writings is a lot more about bravery and knowing your place, but also knowing what you can do in doing it. We have the that's the first duel. We have Utena knows what she can do. She knows what she needs to do, and like she she knows her place in the order of things. That place is to, is doing what she can for Wakaba. Um, for choice, we have diligence. This sort of, like, always alert, always thinking. Newton has to deal with, you know, what am I going to do? Like, planning ahead. And a lot of, in a lot of ways, her, her waffling back and forth, her lack of diligence is kind of the theme of that whole episode. We have reason with kindness. That's when Mickey shows up. And his, his approach to Anthe is radically different. And it will continue to be radically. And that there's a sort of, like, in, going on, Mickey's interactions with her are always sort of kind. You know, Amor and Chastity, it's, it's Jury, and sadly Jury never gets with, oh gosh, I forgot her name. Shiori. Which is probably a good thing for Jury, even though she doesn't feel like it. We'll get there. I think we've already gotten there. I don't remember. But we have Adoration. We haven't released that episode, but we have talked about it. Oh, we're going to get there. It's um, Patience with Adoration. You have this sort of like, Nanami's number one problem is that she has zero patience. Yeah? Every episode that she is in is about how Anime has no patience and screws up royally because she cannot wait. She gets Mitsuru to be patient for her. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love love Shorty-kun. Mitsuru is precious and did not deserve this. I don't know. He is kind of devious, though. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. I mean, the first one. Oh, yeah, I guess a little bit. Yeah, he does. Uh, I keep... mean, his introduction as a character is literally that he manufactures and fabricates disasters in order to impress her. You know, I guess I had forgotten about that aspect when I made that statement, but you are right. Which is only acceptable in any way because he's literally like a, a fourth grader. <laughs> he is a tiny child. Conviction with Caritas. Um, I'm sorry, with Charity. Caritas is the line I'm used to saying Caritas. Which is a love that is self-sacrificing and self-giving. Which is, I believe that's the duel with, what's his name? Togo. Yes. That's that's where, like, we have this sort of, like, we, that's that's the sort of crisis moment where we have, all along, I, probably you as well, but I always suggested that there was something about Anthony that wasn't right. More than just could be explained by, you know, she's stuck in this game. Oh boy. And that's the first time we kind of see it is bald-faced. And Utena has all along kind of been fighting these for Anthe. Even when she's not, she's coy about it. But after the first one, she's kind of been doing it for Anthe as much as for herself. Even when she is literally fighting for herself, she's still doing it for Anthe. Like, even when she, yeah, like, even when she's fighting for herself, in the background, it's always, you know, that's the thing that always gets her to win. 
is the realization that Anthony's going to have to go to this sleazeball or Anthony is going to be all alone or whatever. And then last, self is temperance. This is where itself, because like Utena, Utena kind of finds herself again. Like this is where Utena like really starts asking questions about why am I the way I am? And, you know, is it okay to be the way I am? And temperance is about self-control. It's about knowing your limits and knowing what you can stand and what you can't. It's about being able to say, you know, I know myself well enough to say that I could probably only drink one of these before I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought temperance was about not drinking alcohol. Which is why we call it that. It's about, it's originally self-control. We used temperance because it's sort of like knowing your limits. And if your limits are zero, then there you go. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. So I'm not sure if those are 100%, but I think it was interesting. And knowing the, the director, whose name escapes me, Kinohiku Ikahara. Um, Ikahara, that's it. Knowing Ikahara and what other things I have seen of his, I 100% believe that that was completely intentional. If not intentional, an interesting coincidence and one that definitely didn't occur to me because I did not know that the seven heavenly virtues were a thing until this conversation. Besides the fact that there's that sort of parallel, I guess uh, we can kind of talk about the fact of, of, as far as clip episodes go, this is probably the most innovative one I've seen. Because I would it, agree with that. Like, it, it actually furthers the story. And I just, I can't get over the fact that Akio is in this because, like, I I just, I, it's a weird, it's a choice that technically makes sense, but it's a weird choice considering that Akio is not yet a player as far as we as viewers would be aware if we were watching this episode in order. I wonder if, if you could see the arts as being independent of each other as more sequels than being a part of the same, like, season. And then it would kind of be... that it's Obviously, it's a connected tissue. Like, we get that. But if you kind of see 13 not as part of the first arc, but really as sort of the prologue, where you have this, just like you had the fairy tale intro into the first arc, you kind of have this, like, lone man gives a soliloquy, Richard III sort of, like, I'm going to be explaining this to you. In this case, like, Dios, but... and. Which the third is sort of the audience. This is what's going to happen, or this is what has happened, and this is what I feel about it, kind of thing. How do you feel about the fact that Akio is talking to Dios? That was interesting. How do you feel about the fact that there is the implication that Dios is just up there in that castle on a floating bath bomb? I feel like, okay, my initial reaction is that's sad, but I feel like I'm not going to feel bad for him later. Which you can't say anything. I know. You're like, I can see the agony on Spoilers. Um, okay. Did he, did Dio say anything? It's hard to tell who is talking, and that's an important point. It's hard to tell who's talking because as far as the animation goes, no one's mouths are moving. And a lot of times both of these characters are sort of shrouded in silhouette as opposed to being like actually seen. So it's really difficult to tell who is talking to who, but Akio is definitely doing most, if not all, of the talking. It's a lot of that 90s anime wide shot kind of stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. Which those are cool. Like, they're really aesthetic, and I literally like them, but it does make it difficult to keep up a conversation. And if Akio and Dios were both talking, they have incredibly similar voices. Do you think that, okay, maybe, you probably already know, but I wonder if that's intentional. I mean, they look pretty similar. They do have a similar aesthetic. They both have purple hair, and... I mean, they're all obviously clones of Anthe. I mean, I, I've Everyone already, with purple hair I've is a clone of Anthe. i that. That's actually my, my prediction. Uh, uh, it's, it's Akio, Mamma Mia, everybody's a clone of Anthe. Look, Anthe is actually a psyop to clone the most perfect duelist, and I will defend that. That I will die on this hill. 
She is a she is a government project, and this is all ruse. I will die on this hill. This may be the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. She's a psyop to divide the students. Rose bride, more like Illuminati bride. Yeah, I'm running out there. That's not going to go much farther. It's just going to crash. Yeah, it's hard to talk about the structure of everything with regards to Otori, but it's hard to tell from this episode exactly what role Akio plays in the grand scheme of things. Because he is the... <gasps> what is his job title? Do you remember? I assumed it was... Um... Chairman. He's the chairman, but he's not really the chairman. Yeah. It's He's acting chairman. Kane's dad is the real chairman, and Akio is the acting chairman. I mean, his real job title is Illuminati uh, Puppet Master. Oh, of course. Because he's out toga Toga. Which is a feat that is not easily accomplished. Like, they are literally, like, it is, it is canonical now that there are literally plans within plans. I really liked that this clip show felt it necessary to include the clips of Toga lounging on a bed while he talks to Miki about losing that which is precious to him. Or the fact that it opens with him listening to a recording of himself, which really makes him seem less threatening. Toga listening to that recording of himself doing the crack the world shell speech was incredible. Like, it's really hard to take him quite seriously now that I've seen him just like listening to the same four lines of dialogue of himself over and over going, yes, those were my glory days when I, when I mumbled about random bullshit and people said yes. Have you ever watched BoJack Horseman? Unfortunately, I have. It is a tragic thing. There is a recurring bit about BoJack continuously watching episodes of Horsin' Around, his old TV show. And that's definitely the feel I got from Toga listening to (laughs) the Crack the World shell bit. It's because he's washed up. Like, he's done. He's in retirement now. Peaked early. That's what you get. I didn't mention this earlier, but Josh and I are recording for the first time in person. We have never recorded in person before in the weeks that we have been doing this podcast. It's pretty magical. Yeah, like, we've been, we've recorded these all like an hour and a half away from each other. Yeah. Not that that's really stopped us or anything. Oh, no. I mean, of course, I would say, I say that, but it's like, we, we always have to reschedule and then like, I end up at the weirdest places. I've recorded in front of coffee shops. I have recorded in every room of my house. I have recorded in uh, on someone else's porch because I asked them, like, I was just in town. I'm like, I don't have time to go back home because I'm in between runs for work. And I'm like, hey, man, I just texted him, like, hey, man, I know you're at work, but can I just, like, sit on your porch? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I just sat on her porch. That was the, there, there's an episode that has bird tweeting in the background. That's why, because I was literally on someone's porch. I was wondering why you were on someone else's porch. I did that twice, actually. Yeah, I remember there being a couple of episodes where we were like, yeah, I'm on a porch. And I'm like, why? Necessity. (laughs) Honestly. But yeah, this was way better than a regular clip show and I'm glad that we actually watched it. It will almost make me consider watching clip shows and other shows, and then I won't. But I'll think about it. The problem with other clip shows is that they're mostly very boring, but what this does is it actually adds to the plot rather than just repeating all of the beats that happened before. Even though it does repeat many of the beats that happened before, it it doesn't only do that. It does it really creatively, though. It makes them feel like actual flashbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it was better than what SAO did. When they made an entire movie that was a I'm sorry, do you mean it was better than everything SAO has ever done because SAO is a bad anime? 
Yes, it is. Except for Gun Gale and Mother Rosario, which was cliche, but I cried like a bitch. I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know what Walter Remember is? Yes. Okay, it was like the anime Walter Remember. That sounds terrible. It made me cry. It was really cliche. It was badly written. And I sobbed hopelessly. But yes, SAO had a whole movie that was a clip show. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and, and the whole thing is framed as like, to be fair, clip shows don't have to be bad. Like, for instance... No, mostly they're just lazy like a lot the of the time. Show, like the clip show movie that SAO did had a decent idea. It just fell flat because it was an hour long. And the idea with that one was that, like, they set up later on, the idea was that Kirito get, ends up being interrogated, like, not interrogated, but asked questions, because he was in this thing, and there's, like, the government wants to know answer, like, they want to know things. I guess so I get like, that. Yeah, he's kind of telling a story, and th- that's a decent idea, but so much, like, I'm glad that they tried, but it's one of those things where, like, anime's, anime that has lots of episodes tends to get really, really stuck in a rut. And that's what I was really surprised that this one didn't do that. Yeah, for this being a show wherein a lot of things are repetitive, this was not repetitive for even a clip show. Yeah, all I'm thinking about is how, okay, spoiler, but like 60% of the duels in the second arc have the same frames for half the duel at least. I feel like a lot of the duels in the first arc also have many of the same frames. They do, but the thing in the first arc is that, okay, and, and, and this I, I know I'm rambling, I'm really sorry, but the first arc, they're introducing you to each of the duelists, and they all have a very unique style. True. Second arc, you have a totally different idea, and they're really just repeating those styles. Yeah, so most of the duelists for the Black Rose do not have different styles to them. With, I think, one exception... They mostly adopt the, the fighting style of whatever duelist it is that they're fighting for, so to speak. And so, like, yeah, so they're able to reuse a lot of frames and recolors. So they kind of get away with it, and they get away with it in a way that's actually canonically makes sense. But, yeah, they totally have this, there's there's a single frame that's, like, two seconds long, but the like song's, like, segment, that is literally in every single duel in the second arc. And, it, and, like, I can't stand it because it's always there. And every single one of them does it. And they always deliver a line that is exactly the same amount of time. And it just drives me up a wall. Yeah, I feel like it's complicated because it definitely saves on animation. But sometimes can make it a little frustrating to watch when you see the same frame in every episode. you got to save money. You don't want an Evo to happen to you. I mean, you can always save money. You can always save money by just like having a still frame that you slowly zoom out of inter- imperceptibly for like um, two minutes. You can always save money by just having crappy pencil drawings of your characters as parts of the scene for no reason. Congratulations. 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 We can't do any more spoilers for Evangelion because... It's the 90s. Listen, no. The reason we can't do this is because sound guy Jimmy is in the room with us and he is in the middle of Evangelion and has not finished it. I don't care about these people listening. I care about the person in the room with me who might get spoiled. Oh, you poor bastard. Jimmy, how did you feel about this episode? Because you technically watched it with us despite the fact that you have not seen hardly any of this show whatsoever. What the fuck? Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, That's that, reasonable. I feel like that's an accurate summary. Yeah, I'll give it like a 7.8 out of 10. It's pretty solid. Do we have anything else we want to talk about with this episode? I don't think so. 
I think I guess that does it for this bonus episode, which I'm not sure when it's going to come out. Hopefully the week that it's recorded, but you guys don't know when that is unless you pay attention to the Twitter account in which, you know, I posted a picture of Josh and I earlier because we took a selfie. Yeah, we did. Well, I guess that does us for this bonus episode. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. I didn't do the outro that has all of our social media links, but if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to all the other episodes, so I don't need to tell you that you can follow us on Twitter, at Utenicast on Twitter, and I'm not going to give out any of the other ones, because I don't feel like it. If you tweet at me, I will tweet pictures of my cat to you. What's your Twitter account, Josh? Liarwolf. It's L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. Send all of your Twitter photos of your cats to Josh. I will reciprocate in kind. You can send us any of your cat photos, because I like cats too. I guess that does it. Revolutionize the world everybody. See ya.